I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Joe used to be a punk. And in many ways, I guess he still is one. Because I still feel like whatever political reasons I was into punk for remain the same. I still have the same ideals and views about the government and things like that. The system. Back in his youth, when Joe had a foot-long mohawk, he spent his days drinking and doing drugs. Yeah, that was just wasting time and just basically wasting my life. He also hopped trains, traveling throughout the American Southwest and bits of Mexico. Like, that was my idea of freedom, was to just be able to move around as much as I want, see whatever I wanted, and do whatever I want. But these days, Joe's mohawk is gone. He's a dad now, and that's changed all of his priorities. I just want to be their best dad. Whatever they're into, ballet, tea parties. I love playing dolls. Like, I can't wait to get home and play some dolls. You know, that's awesome. He also hosts living room dance contests. Yeah, it's just an all-play, free-form, maniac dance party to start. And then each of us has to invent three dances and, and showcase them. It's just like the freest I could ever be. Pure fun, pure joy. But that's at home with my kids. Because in the outside world, Joe is terrified of dancing. Like, yeah, I didn't even want to come here because I knew we were going to talk about this and just the prospect of dancing. My eyes been twitching all day. It sounds like a fear almost. Yeah, which is stupid because I can do that at home, you know, with the kids. It's just in public. It's like, I, I, you know, I will avoid it. But then regret it. Of course you'd want to dance with your friends at a wedding, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, wait, Joe, you're not in any of these pictures. That's because I was outside until it was like quiet time. Real punks don't dance. For sure. That's a long, long time spent in that, you know, headset. And I would never dream of it, you know? A boogie, oogie, oogie. You know, it's not happening. I'm Rob Norman. I'm Andrew Norton. And this is Personal Best. So for a long time, our guest this episode, Joe, was okay with not being a dancer. It's not that hard to be an adult and function and not dance. But that all changed when he had kids. Yeah, I think that that's when it became important to me. I want to show them it's okay to just be free, be themselves, and just not be afraid of anything. I don't want my daughters to be like, we don't dance. You know, we're, we're, not a, we're not a dance family. The only thing stronger than Joe's desire to be a good dad is Punk Joe's willpower to never, ever step onto a dance floor. It's like the devil and the, the angel, you know? And, like, he's got, like, the leather jacket and the mohawk. Like, you know, like, don't even think about it, man. Like, don't even, you know, Macarena. So Joe wants to dance in public to be a better dad. And right now to Joe, the idea of dancing is so inconceivable. A dance floor is like something from an urban legend. Like spot dances? You know about these? Oh 
man, they put this, you know, it's like your turn and everybody's watching you. Oh, I thought that only happened in movies. Oh, I seen it happen in real life. That's where they got it from. Crazy to me. To test Joe's reluctance to do the two-step, I've signed him up for a dance class. A dance class where for two hours, he'll learn the step-by-step detailed choreography from the Beyonce music video, Crazy in Love. Wow, okay, this is happening. Two hours. Two hours, man. Oh my God, okay. I imagine Joe standing on the sidelines, his arms crossed, but then I receive the update. It was a blast. I was twerking and laughing. It was insane. Okay, so he loved it. Yeah, that's the weird thing. Joe can dance. He can move his body with his kids or at a Beyonce dance class. The teacher, Nikki, was amazing. But something else must be happening when he tries to step onto a crowded dance floor. We just need to figure out what that is. See, I think this has nothing to do with dancing. This has everything to do with short shorts. Picture this. It's Saturday morning. You look outside, and your dad's mowing the lawn. He's wearing a free t-shirt he got at a team-building retreat that says Cincinnati 1996. And he's wearing a tiny pair of short shorts. He doesn't care if he looks cool. I wonder if Joe is struggling with that transition. Letting go of the past and being comfortable with who he is now. A dad. So, we need an expert. We need a father. But because Joe grew up without a dad and both Andrew and I don't have dads anymore, I think the best and most obvious course of action is we hold auditions. We thought the best way to find a surrogate was to invite real dads, not actors, to come into the studio. And associate producer Jess Shane is in charge of rounding them all up. So we have coffee and donuts here if you want either of those. Um, We also have these short scripts. I wrote a couple of short father-son vignettes and the dads are outside perfecting their delivery. I'm not mad, son. I'm just disappointed. That, that was a good one. I'm not mad, son. Bring on the dads. <clears throat> okay, I'll be reading with you. Okay. Perfect. When you're ready, we can start. Who wants burgers? How do you know when they're ready, Dad? Well, why don't you come on over here, and I'll show you how to cook them. Come here, son. I'll show you how to cook the perfect hamburger. Did you see my up to bat, Dad? Of course. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Of course. I wouldn't miss it for the world. And scene. Very good. What kind of dad are you? Are you cool dad? Are you fun dad? I would say I was a friendly dad. I'm not that cool. I'm the breakfast guy. I'm sort of a laissez-faire dad. Your resume says you didn't shadow your kids except for once. In fact, I confirmed that. I checked with them yesterday. So it's a hot summer day. You're out mowing the lawn. What length are your shorts? Very short. So you're pointing to upper thighs? Upper thighs, yes. So the pockets would actually be longer than the, than the short at that point? Uh, it has happened. Okay, good to know, good to know. This is a, a novelty uh, kiss the cook apron. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if you could try this on for us just to see, see how it works. Normally not something I would don, but uh, okay. I also have a pair of tongs, barbecue tongs. Thank you. So how's this feeling? Uh, it's feeling good. I like it. We're comfortable. Uh, doesn't feel strange or weird. What's something that you'd yell, let's say the steaks are done? What would you say? Uh, nothing too original. Uh, I would pretend I would hold up a triangle like the old cowboys and go ding 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 Perfect. Great. 
What is a dad? Well, I think I think a dad is still just an older version of the kid that grew up, right? I go to ski lessons now. I don't ski. Part of the job is being a parent for the kid you have. But as you ask the question, Father, that's somebody for me who's a dad. Just keep standing, keep standing, keep standing. Yeah. So the next day, Rob and I have the headshots and resumes spread out across our desk. We're looking for a dad who is fun, confident, but also able to discipline us with firm parental wisdom if we get out of hand. Also, I wanted a dad with a British accent. And we finally land on one dad who meets all our strict criteria. So it's time to make it official by running some errands. Uh, So we're in Home Depot. We're waiting for a new dad, Hugh. And Joe's here as well. Did you know that we found a surrogate father for us? You guys are... uh... Something else. Do you think Hugh would like it if we hugged him when we saw him? After a few minutes, our new dad arrives. Hey, hey Hugh. Hugh! How's it going? Good to see you. Yes, I'm well. Hugh is a father of two daughters. He's a tall man with gray hair who has a software company. But he still finds time for recreational soccer and vacationing in the small surfing village of Santa Teresa. This time last week, we were out dancing on the beach in Costa Rica. So, now that we're all here, it's time to satisfy our boyhood dreams of picking out vinyl flooring. I'm looking for the stuff that looks like tiles, floor tile. And our new dad is very discerning. He's looking for something in a rich Sedona color. This is burnished oak taupe. Golden weeping willow. Mojave. Sedona! You're the best. Okay, great. He was also offered to help me upgrade some of my appliances. Do you have, like, a, a washer that's also a dryer? Uh, I think we do. Just give me one second. They page for a washer-dryer sales associate, but this Home Depot is short-staffed, so we wait. And Hugh wastes no time to jump on this as an opportunity for a father-son's heart-to-heart. So do you guys miss your dad? Do I miss my dad? Do you miss your dad? Yeah, I mean, how can you not, right? I feel like I miss my dad the most on, like, random stuff. Like, I wonder what he thinks of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Hmm. What about you? Well, I have a father, but he just wasn't a part of my life, and, uh... My grandpa, my papa, was like my dude, right? This dude was like your dad growing yeah, up. Yeah, he just passed away. Really? Yeah, but uh, he's the guy who always said, never give up until your good is better and your better is best. Pretty cool. Wow. It's very weird saying this stuff out loud. Yeah, I know, because most of you just think about it, right? How do, yeah. you, how do you navigate fatherhood knowing that, like, cause isn't it petrifying knowing that stuff that you could do could affect your kids? Oh yeah, I remember every mistake I've made, for sure. And then as they form, and it's like they crystallize, they they get their own identity and their their own people, I think you start worrying about it less. And there's something about that that's grounding, I think. And maybe that's the access to, to really short shorts, is that you put yourself in the service of something other than yourself for long enough, you become less important, you fade away. Like, I feel like that's everyone's fear, is like, they're just oh, becoming their parents. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you just hang on to enough of who you really are in the core to just pass, you know? Yeah. So the content of your life stays the same, but the context for everything shifts. Do you feel very different? Well, yeah, I feel like my world that I live in is different, but I feel like the same kind of wiring. Like, you're, you're still who you are. Yeah. The washer-dryer person never ends up coming, so we just head to the cache. I'll push. I got it. Thank you. It's very therapeutic talking about this stuff. 
As we pack up, there's still one thing I'm wondering about. Is our new dad going to get us ice cream? Mm. I'd love it. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. We soon find ourselves at a local burger and malt shop. It's McDonald's. I have my hot fudge sundae in hand. Uh, cheers, I guess, right? Well, I have to say something. If your fathers were alive, I, th- I honestly, from the very short time I've spent with you, I think they'd be very, very proud. That's so nice. I had a night that I definitely won't forget. So thank you. It's later in the week, and Andrew has been acting very strangely. He usually gets this way when someone has mislabeled an audio file. But with all of our audio files meticulously in order, I have no idea why he's called Jess and I into the studio. So we're talking about fatherhood, we're talking about dads. Are you serious? I'm going to be a dad. Whoa. What? <laughs> what? 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 Katie's pregnant. What? Three months pregnant. <gasps> Is this a joke? That's not my ultrasound because she's not far enough pregnant to have the ultrasound, but you just always have to bring that along as a prop. When someone does something like this, you need the ultrasound. So I just printed that one off, but she is pregnant. Oh my God, Andrew. So I'm gonna be a dad in uh, six months. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Oh my God. Did you do this for the show? I did, yeah. You impregnated your wife? Yeah. For a plot point on the show? Three months ago. You'll do anything. Families are expanding here. Rob and I have a new, insightful dad, and I just told our staff here I'm going to be having a kid. So helping Joe overcome his fear of dancing to set an example for his two daughters is extra important to me this episode. This fatherhood stuff is very nice, but unfortunately, we're no closer to figuring out why Joe has so much shame around dancing. So we hit the phones. Jess, in particular, has been very busy. Um, where to begin? Oh, first, there's this cool lady, um, Maxime Leeds Craig. And I'm a professor of sociology at UC Davis. And she wrote a book called Sorry, I Don't Dance, Why Men Refuse to Move. And you've read the whole book for this report? No, but I read a book review. (laughs) She talks about this concept of habitus. A habitus is how different parts of social structure get in our body, being in the mosh pit, That's a way you can move a male body and not be accused of being too feminine. Young men can grow up thinking that there's something wrong with them if they dance. Okay, this is more of a random side note, but in my research, I noticed that forcing people to dance is actually surprisingly common in pop culture. It happens in Aladdin, in fairy tales, in Pokemon, in Jimmy Neutron, in Beetlejuice, and it's a Harry Potter spell. Because that spell um, reveals how goofy you are deep down inside. Your true loser self. (laughs) Right, exactly. One theory I had was that maybe Joe needed to learn to blend in on the dance floor. So we called Barry Cooper, an ex-cop and master of going undercover. Yes, can I help you? Yes, it's Barry. Uh, Barry? I'm sorry you have the wrong number. 
Okay, sorry about that. I'm just kidding, bro. It's fair. <laughs> yeah, he's good, but didn't really help with Joe. Uh, and for some reason, Rob called the author of those Magic Eye books. We often celebrate people for standing out. I'm wondering if there's any value in the idea of, like, blending in. Oh, um, blending in. Well, I, I can only tell you from the Magic Eye perspective. Sherry was very generous with her time, but we didn't learn anything we could use to help Joe. I did finally learn how to see Magic Eye, though. That's cool. Oh, my gosh. Sherry, this is so cool. And the further away you hold it, the deeper it gets. Oh, my gosh. And in the meantime, Joe's not getting any better at dancing in public. I didn't dance at my own wedding. I wouldn't dance at your wedding, and I think you're great. It's clear this shame or block or whatever you want to call it is really a conflict between Joe's past and his present. Old, non-dancing punk Joe versus the Joe who is a great dad and drives a Jeep Patriot. It seems to me Joe needs to negotiate between these two halves. But first, he's going to need some pointers. Well, the crux of negotiation is finding a way that the parties can meet each other's interests better than any of their alternatives. So this is Harvard professor and negotiation expert Kesley Hong. I gave her a call on the phone, and she gave me a rundown on everything to do with negotiation. Then I condensed it into a handout for Joe. When you're able to look beyond the party's initial demand, then you can sometimes find ways to think of creative trade-offs. We also covered celebration can... protocol. Like maybe bring out a, a tray of hot dogs or something. Um, if they eat hot dogs, then yes. So we meet up with Joe, and we give him our negotiation cheat sheet. On it, everything he needs to know about how to encourage active listening and find compromise. And he's going to need it. He walks into a large conference room and is surprised to see two figures sitting across from each other. Parts of Joe that have been manifested into reality. Okay. Joe recites the opening we prepared for him. My name is Joe. And I'm going to be the facilitator of this historic negotiation. But first, we need to know if we have your full consent to take part in the negotiation. The first party is kind, courteous Father Joe, the sellout Joe is afraid of becoming. Uh, yes, Joe, you have my consent. And Punk Joe, a man in a cutoff jean jacket who just gave me the middle finger. He is the belligerent past that's preventing Joe from stepping onto the dance floor. I mean, f you, but sure. I thought maybe this might be a nice conversation, a chance for healing and reconciliation. But Joe is having a tough time keeping both parties in check. Mr. Khaki over here, pulling up in his his uh, Volkswagen bug. I arrived in a Jeep Patriot, thank you. That's sellout. He's bought fully into the system. He's like, he's all, he's Reagan. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Reagan's yeah. been dead for yeah. years. No, he's Jeep Patriots. He's khaki pants. Joe can barely get a word in. I don't even know if he drinks anymore. I don't even know what he does anymore. And he's doing everything he can to get them to refocus on their priorities. If you wouldn't mind just getting a little closer together, just for the purposes of this exercise. Joe, if you could just... What, you want to hug next? After weathering the yelling and name-calling, Joe is surprisingly calm. He's able to bring their attention back to their priorities. The highest priority is absolutely not dancing. If I walk into a place and there's dancing, I want to not be there anymore. I want you on that dance floor, and, and that's what I want to see, because that's fun. Joe just wants to have fun. Yeah, I want to have a good time. That's what Joe's talking about, and that's why you want to do the things you want to do. Yeah. So we can agree that we want to have fun, right? 
Who am I doing this for? I think you're doing it for yourself just as much as for your kids, Joe. I think you're doing it for all of us. Joe seems to have found some common ground. But he's going to need to work fast if he's hoping to facilitate an agreement. Punk Joe, could you make Joe an offer without swearing? I'm listening. Uh, we could go to a bar and have some drinks. Okay. And when the band comes on, gotta be a punk band, you and I can slam dance, which is technically dancing. True, that's true. Okay, that's a, that's a good first offer. Great first offer, Joe. I'm really loving what you're putting down here. My concern is... Uh-huh. Uh, I, I don't want to bring my young children mm-hmm. to a bar. Yeah, that's a good point. After a bit more compromise, the three Joes move the conversation to more family-friendly events. Parties with friends, weddings, bar mitzvahs. But Punk Joe seems strangely quiet. What are you thinking, Punk Joe? Just feel like those things aren't cool. But I think if it's a gathering of your friends, it is a cool party. Right? Yeah, okay. Just feel like... I'm at one of these parties and I start dancing. It's like all my old friends are going to laugh at me, you know? Or be so surprised that you're dancing and having fun that they're not going to laugh at you at all. They're going to dance with you. (laughs) You think Johnny Knife is going to get up and dance with me? Punk Joe, I would just want to say, f*** Johnny Knife. You don't want Johnny Knife around your kids. No. No. Well, I do like the, uh, the gang of people I have around me now more than the old gang of people I used to have around me. If my daughters are dancing, mm-hmm. and they say, Daddy, dance, I could say, like, F- you, but sure. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, now hear me out, instead of maybe telling the kids to f- off, maybe you start, maybe you ask them to dance. Yeah? Okay. Is there anyone at the bar mitzvah that I could just tell the fuck off just to kind of get it out? Valet. I'm okay with that. Okay. 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 I think that's all right. Yeah, you got a deal. Okay. The Treaty of Versailles. The Armistice of 1918. This, too, is a negotiation for the ages. The Joe, Joe, Joe... Dance Accord of 2019. Be it declared, both Joes agree in full to the following accord. At any given event involving close friends, whether at a bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, concert or wedding, Joe will be able to have one beer. If a song that is deemed danceable comes on, Joe will invite his children to dance. In exchange, while leaving the venue, Joe is obligated to flip the bird and mouth you to the valet on the way out. This agreement exists in perpetuity. I now pronounce you Joe and Joe. Congratulations on a great negotiation, guys. Here's a whole plate of hot dogs. (laughs) It really is a whole plate of hot dogs. Uh, There's no condiments. All right. Mm. Great accord, Joe's. Mm -hmm. Something was clicking in there for me. It was actually like transformative. Yeah. It's a couple days before we need to figure out if Joe can dance or not, and Joe seems to have it all figured out. But I'm not sure we do. And when you feel this way, there's really only one thing you can do. Call your dad on his lunch break. Hey, Hugh, it's Andrew. 
Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? Good, man. You got a minute? I do. I got half an hour. We're getting towards the end of the episode, and I'm just wondering, have we even taught Joe anything? Like, are we going to be able to end this episode about fatherhood, about dancing, about all this stuff in, like, a satisfying way? So what do you think's missing? Well, yeah, we just don't want the episode to suck, right? Definitely. That is the prime driver for any parent. And screw up my baby. So you think we can do it? Oh, I have zero doubt. None. And I think the, the thing you guys have done that's so awesome is just taken such a, a left-angled view of everything. Like, I think this episode could be about leaving people with a new opening in terms of a relationship with their father. Yeah. I don't know that we're going to shatter people's views, all right? But what I'd love to do is somebody, after they've listened to their episode, to go back and see their dad differently and maybe have a different conversation or a different perspective. I think if we accomplish that, I just think we'll have done something really special in the world. Maybe you're right. Maybe we can do it. Let's just do it. Let's not maybe. Let's just do it. favorite one-hit wonder or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have or that tv show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon now what if we could fix it i'm francesca ramsey and i'm delon grant and after 20 years of friendship we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called let me fix it each episode we'll dig into our favorite celebrities shows and brands of yesteryear and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today think of our show as an intervention but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This episode, we struggled helping Joe, an anti-dance punk who must overcome his past to set a good example for his daughters. And after getting advice from a man we auditioned to be our father, our resolve is stronger than ever. We need to put into practice the 2019 Joe, Joe, Joe dance accord. Exactly. But we're having a real tough time finding a family-friendly event like the ones listed in the agreement. So we thought, why not put on our own event, a backyard party, a bar mitzvah, or a wedding. We come together today for a very special and important occasion. Andrew and his wife Katie have decided to renew their vows. I promise to treat you with kindness. To fill our home with warmth. These are promises not just to each other, but also to their future child. I promise to let you be curious. <laughs> I promise to be goofy with you. I promise to have courage. I promise to try my best. In attendance, there's Hugh. I have had the opportunity to talk to you um, and to talk to Rob as well about what it is to be a father. And of course, Joe's here, wearing his nicest button-up, Shirt. Andrew, let me start by saying congratulations to you and, and Katie, of course. Um, I don't know you very well, but in the short time that we worked together on this episode, um, I could tell that you're kind, thoughtful, and intelligent. I've learned a lot about myself and about fatherhood. It doesn't matter how dumb you look if you're doing the right thing for the right reasons. And you just got to 
be yourself, whoever that is today and not be hung up on the old ways of doing things because you're going to have to invent new ways of doing things in the moment, pretty much every moment. Congratulations on renewing your vows, on your child, and please, please get some sleep. Thank you. Everyone heads home, but for Andrew, Joe, and I, the night isn't over. It's time for Joe to unleash his inner dance maniac at the wedding reception. We head to a nearby bar, each pay the $5 cover, and look at the completely empty dance floor. Yeah, no one goes dancing before midnight on a Thursday. Aside from the bartender and the two DJs, it's just us. Well, maybe this is easier for Joe. No one's there to judge him. Looking at Joe, it's clear it's not easier. He's standing against the wall. He is clearly at the edge of his comfort zone. As per the provision negotiated by Punk Joe and the Accord, we give him one beer. I watched Joe slowly edge towards the dance floor. The part of this that I didn't consider until now was for this to work, both Andrew and I are also going to have to dance. We look to each other reluctantly and nod. The three of us form a dance triangle of shame. There's a flurry of hand-waving and uncomfortable swaying. It's pretty obvious the ultra-cool DJs are making fun of us in the booth. It's dancing. Kind of. Joe is dancing. Joe is dancing, right? We're all dads now. Shorts, as short as they can be. But something else also happens on the dance floor. Joe has this big smile plastered across his face. We're copying each other's dance moves. At one point, Andrew and I stand back as if to create a dance circle made up of only two points. Our favorite hobo punk anarchist steps into the center and he boogies. When it's time to go, I give a thankful nod towards the DJ booth. They say you're welcome by ignoring me completely. We walk out of the bar somehow both heroic and humiliated. I call a cab and offer Joe a ride, but apparently he's covered. I'm just parked down the road. Oh, Sir, your car's ready for you. Waiting outside the bar is a valet, dressed in a stuffy red outfit and a teeny tiny valet hat. As he walks into the night, Joe gleefully mouths the words, go f*** yourself, to the helpless valet, impotently waving a set of keys. I think that guy just gave me the finger. Father Joe got to dance, and Punk Joe got to senselessly rebel. I think that's a win. 100%. That was awesome. Wow. Can I do it again? <laughs> yeah, we paid him for the whole night. <laughs> do you want your car or no? No, it's, no. it's not my car. <laughs> Thank you. A few weeks later, we meet back up with Joe. He has an update for us. Something that happened over the Christmas holidays. There's this outdoor festival that happens every year by Joe's house, and the centerpiece is this old train decorated in Christmas lights. The whole city is there. The train pulls up, the boxcar opens. And a band starts playing right from one of the boxcars, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. My daughter's favorite song. She's on my shoulders. My waist right there. Grabbed her. Boogied down. Boogie down productions in front of the whole town. (laughs) 
I got my my daughter on my shoulders and we're just dancing. I'm spinning my wife around. We're, I'm dancing with her. She's laughing because I'm dancing. And and literally, like, the whole town is there. And then they moved into a medley of Feliz Navidad. And we just boogied for, like, almost an hour. It felt great. I felt like, I felt like a good dad. This makes me so f***ing happy, Joe. Me too. I, I... <laughs> Not so much that I would start swearing, but... Yeah, Andrew, are you okay? It's exciting. You felt like a good dad. Yeah. yeah, I felt like a great dad. It was wonderful. I'm Rob Norman, and you just heard a podcast called Personal Best. Andrew Norton produces the show. Jess Shane is our associate producer. Our music is by the incredible Breakmaster Cylinder. We received production help this episode from Luke Williams, Cecil Fernandez, Chris Chang-Yen Phillips, and Allie Graham. Special thanks to our Punk Joe and Father Joe, Rob Baker and Jan Caruana, as well as our valet, Rob Michaels. And thanks to all the dads who came out to our dad audition. You broke the vase. I told you not to play ball in here. RF Narani is the executive producer of CBC Podcasts. Special thanks to Yesek Debiak and Mary Flannery. Also, thanks this episode to Shruthi Pinamineni. Do you have something you want to improve about yourself? Please come be a Joe. Email us at jojojojojo at cbc.ca. That's five Joes. You can also follow us on Twitter at personalbestcbc. We have a striking photo of Joe giving what for to a valet up there. You're going to want to see it. And the best way to give the middle finger to the system is to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast app. Our website is cbc.ca slash personalbest. I'll be here if you need me. For more CBC Original Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash originalpodcasts.